You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next. Hello. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining us. So good to be here in the studio. Black Hollywood Live, next. I'm your host, Jessica King, also the producer of Fox's hit show, Dish Nation. Make sure you check that out. And I'm joined by my two wonderful friends. Please introduce yourself. Hi, it's so good to see you again. You too. My name is Megan Thomas, and I'm so glad to join you guys yet one more day in this place. You're yeah. <laughs> crazy. You make, you make it sound like you're leaving or something, right? One more day of life. Like it's a eulogy or something. <laughs> Nick, for you guys. That's it. That's, That's all we get? That's it. Look at you. Okay. Fine by me. Well, we have a very special guest today. You may recognize her from 3LW or as Little Kim in Notorious. Please welcome Notori Naughton. Hey. Yay. What's up? Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, we weren't kidding when we told you that we did our homework. Okay. So I'm sure you guys gonna are going to know dig... my whole life story. Oh, we will, for sure. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to feel like we're besties by the end of the video. <laughs> BFS all day. <laughs> uh, well, first off, you have such a beautiful name, Notori. Thank you. Thank you. Um, were your parents creatives just like you and they were naming you? Uh, they were creative. They're not creatives as far as like being in the business, but my name, it means nature's girl, natural woman. And my parents wanted to give me a name that was unique and meant something in my uh my mother was reading something, and then they looked. It was a queen in Africa, and they put the name together and mixed it up and made Naturi. Uh, so they were being very creative and very original. And most of my brother has an original name. My father's name is Ezra, and so is my brother. And then my name is Naturi. So um, very, very deep, you know. So, so cool. it started me off on a very special route just by them giving me a special name. You're lucky you didn't have to worry about having 10 people in school I with know, the same name I know, but then <laughs> people butcher your name if it's not just simple and right. like Jennifer or something basic. They were like, Nattery, Nature Eye. I've gotten all kinds <laughs> of... Oh, because it's spelled N-A-T-U-R, not the E, just I, and they have come up with all kind of ways to make my name something different, but gratefully, right. now people are starting to figure it out. <laughs> right. Well, earlier we were talking a little bit about you being from Jersey. You're from yes. East Orange, New Jersey. Yes, Jersey all day for the Jersey people. Oh, I was say East Orange. East Orange. Oh, saying Sorry. it like Orange? Yeah. <laughs> Who says orange? it like like that though when people say that i'm like that's not how i, I just say east orange east orange, orange. East see orange. you just said it yeah, orange. Said it you know orange. i'm just saying east say orange. orange oh see, like, yeah. <laughs> see i don't know but okay i just know i'm from east orange new jersey <laughs> um so shout out for all the jersey people right, right, what was right. it like growing up in east orange um it was it was good i mean you know it's an urban city i'm right next door to newark new jersey which is another you know backyard for me to grow up in um east orange is is definitely i think on the come up it's rising it's a it's a small inner city and there's 
you know, good and bad growing up in that because you're around so many influences that can lead you one way. Um, but I was fortunate enough to fortunate enough to, you know, have two parents who raised me. I grew up in a house and, you know, my neighbors will always encourage me. I started going to church. Uh, New Hope Baptist Church is where I started singing. Um, so my whole East Orange experience was very encouraging. Mm-hmm. It made me who I am today. So I'm very grateful. And you mentioned that you grew up in the church singing. I did. Was there ever any tug in your life to say, you know what, I probably should do gospel, or maybe you should do gospel? Did someone ever say that to you? Yes, definitely. And, you know, um, I love gospel. I still sing in my church when I go back home and visit my church home, and they're always like, the pastor's like, Sister Notori, you know. (laughs) Somehow I wind up, you know, doing something, or I sing, or just, you know, say a few words. But they're so proud of me. And everyone, of course, when I first started singing, was like, oh, you have a beautiful voice, you started singing in church, you should do gospel, um, which I sang in church continuously, but I that wasn't the path for me. I wanted to, to do R&B. That was my passion because Whitney Houston was my inspiration as a little girl. So I just knew that I, I wanted to do something different. But thankfully, everyone has been really supportive and understands my journey. Mm. Oh, that's good. So yeah. you're also an honor student at a Seton Hall University. I was, yes, right? yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. So you majored in a political science? I sure was. I'm, yeah. I, I try to be a smart girl. You know, people think you could just be talented or pretty, and it's like, no. You gotta be smart too. (laughs) No, because that wears out. Trust me. Um, But yeah, I loved going to Seton Hall. I loved, you know, just growing up being really into school. I was a little bit of a nerd. So I was the one in grade school had a roller book bag. I was like, (laughs) I had all these big books because I was in all the honors classes. But yet I was in the talent shows and everybody was like, oh, you can sing. But I was also like a really good student. So Seton Hall was, uh, I was grateful I got a scholarship to go there. That's good. That's good. But why didn't you choose the political science career path? Why did I? Or why why didn't you choose that career path as opposed to Oh, why to, didn't I? You know, okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I actually, so the funny thing is while I was in school, I wound up uh, booking hairspray. So I didn't finish at Seton Hall. Unfortunately, I had to leave because I had to make a decision. It was like a life moment, you know, between finishing school and taking the opportunity to go to Broadway. So I booked hairspray on Broadway. Um, I always knew that political science was a passion, but I knew that was a, a plan if the music and the acting didn't work out so you know you got to have your plan a your plan b plan c but my true passion was always being an entertainer being an actress being a singer um and i still think about it like i still you know i may hit go back to school and get my degree in political science and be a lawyer and work out my own deals you know so i definitely i'm still passionate about law and just the 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 way political science works but i just had to take the opportunity to um pursue my dream so I ain't mad at you. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Well, at age 15, you joined the girl group 3LW. I did. And you guys, like, skyrocketed to fame. Mm-hmm. How did you handle becoming a superstar almost overnight? Hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's hard when you're 15 and you're in the music business and everybody, you know, is looking at you as as the next, you know, pop group. We were like TLC and Destiny Child and we were on tour with the, you know, Destiny Child at, at, at one point. It was it was surreal, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how you deal with that at 15. Um, but one thing I will say is I was very grounded, um, you know, even before I got in the group. I knew that just as quick as you can rise is as quick as you can fall. So I think when we got popular, I was just happy. I wanted to just live in the moment. I was excited to be in the studio, to be, you know, recording and the tour with people. So for me, it was just like, 
wow, I'm actually doing this. I'm 15. I had to leave high school. So I left. I went to Immaculate Conception in Montclair, New Jersey. And then when we got our record deal and we went on tour, I had to leave school my sophomore year. And then they tutored me on the road. So I had a, you know, a, a different experience in high school. But I just try to stay humble and remember that, you know, I'm just blessed. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, I'm just blessed and fortunate. Thank you, Jesus. I'm living <laughs> my dream. But some people think it's because of them. And I'm like, no, I mean, I have the gift, but I've been given it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you talked about growing up in the church. So what was that transition like into the music industry? Because they're obviously R&B and gospel <laughs> are two very different yeah. portrayals mm-hmm. of music. Uh, um, I would say it's it was different, you know, I guess from growing up singing gospel and then doing R&B because the expectations of what you have to be as an R&B artist are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sell a certain amount of yourself. You have to be sexy. The clothes you have to wear, mm-hmm. the style of music that will appeal to the audience. You kind of have to, you know, play to the audience and play to the label and what they think is hot and, you know, the looks that they think are hot. I mean, and that happens in the record business no matter what. But I think it's different in R&B and pop because you're kind of, you know, somewhat chasing a fad mm-hmm. sometimes, and that's exhausting. <laughs> um, uh, so you just, you have these things where you're selling, you know, not just your voice. You're trying to, you know, sell your body. You're the hottest chick. You're the baddest chick. You got to be, you know, have, you know, a, a rap artist featured on your song. Right. Like, it's so many <laughs> different things that they throw at you as a way to, like, this is how you got to make it. Um, and, that you know, that's just a part of the – it's a part of the game. It's a part of the hustle. And I, I know now what it is, um, which is why I'm like, hmm, don't really want to step back into the music game. I just want to be careful because it's right. like – it's a grimy business. I'm yeah. going to keep it all the way real. It's mm-hmm. very grimy. That's true. Especially after watching the TLC story. Jesus. <laughs> right. I was watching that movie like, oh, my goodness, is this TLC slash 3LW story? Because <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it happens to a lot of us. Oh, right. right. Right, and it's especially you know when you guys were like really big. There are also you know other uh, three letter three word groups you know mm-hmm. with the TLC, oh, you yeah. the SWV, seven hundred two. <laughs> so, did anyone ever get you guys confused with any of these other girl groups at the time? Or yeah. uh, uh, sometimes no, not no TLC, three W. I think maybe people got us mixed up with uh, 702, mm-hmm. like, later on. Pe- like, people, even after 3 w like, oh, my gosh, that's my girl from 702. And I'm like, no, no. That's <laughs> not me. That's 3 But, um, so, I mean, people, you know, sometimes they do gel memories right, together. Right, Because right. we were all, it was a lot of girl groups that were, you know, happening. And boy groups, too, in the late 90s, early 2000s, because groups were in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, NSYNC was popping, the Backstreet Boys. We were on tour on the Pop Odyssey tour. We were on the Destiny's Child TRL tour. So all the girl groups were, you know, hitting at that time because that was what was working. But, you know, people do mix it up. But it's all good. You know, it's all good. I just want you to know, 3LW was probably my favorite group Really? That came out. Yes, to the point Thank where you. I I learned the dance because I grew up with oh. the tech and nothing to do. Okay. <laughs> so I learned the dance. I love it. Wait, which to the first no video? No. <laughs> Oh my you god! You know what I'm talking about, right? Of course I yes. do. No more. Yes, <laughs> baby, I'm too right. That, too. that, don't, don't. You're making me remember my yes. choreography. 
Oh my gosh, and that's you guys so, were so funny! Hot to try in that video, and I wanted to be just like that Thank because you. I, I just watched it last night as a refresher. Yes, and I remember going, "These girls got our crop tops, their bellies out." Oh, we <laughs> were, yeah. <laughs> they was, had us in the gym. I had to wear. Y'all had my little jean crop, t- like right. pants with the crop top, like sports bra, right. and we thought we were so fly and so hot. It was our first video. I was driving the BMW yes. X5, <laughs> but couldn't drive. A lot of people don't Too know we do. were being pulled by a thing. That, and I'm like, you know, you could tell I can't drive because I'm just like looking. Right. Like, oh, that's the road out there. But I'm like, no more, baby. I'm... So, I mean, it's just part of this. It was a really right. fun. But thank you for saying that. It was a fun, you know, experience uh, in the beginning. It really was. It was really a good, you know, uh, beginning for us. Right. And so, you in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, about two years uh, of being as a group, you yeah, ended up leaving. But mm-hmm. there's been some people who said, well, you got in fights with people. There's been people that have said that you, you were forced I said, out. I got in fights. Well, like, there were some issues. There was a fight, but it right. wasn't because I started it. But go ahead. So, so what exactly happened? Clear up the rumors. What happened? Was it something that oh, management gosh, did and the other groups did? Or was it something that you said, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm out. Uh, yeah, no. I would never just like abandon a group that I had established. We had a platinum selling album right. and a lot of people who know 3OW know how successful we were. We actually had like number one video, Play is Gonna Play, our second single was like number one on TRL. So why would I want to leave? You know, it was definitely one of those situations where I was being, you know, pushed out of the group. Um, you know, I've moved so far beyond that. I'll just like sum it up in saying, you know, I wasn't given the equal respect and treatment that, you know, our manager was related, a mother and the aunt, and they were all connected. So, you know, it's always a conflict of interest when you have family mm-hmm. in, you know, management of a group. And I didn't have any family. So, you know, at the end of the day, I wasn't happy um, and I wasn't becoming a better artist. I wasn't becoming a better person. I was too young to start to feel that insecure about myself. There was, you know, there was arguments, there was fights, there was all kind of craziness. And, you know, towards me that was happening. I remember doing an interview way back with Wendy Williams when she was still on WBLS. And people were like, you know, what happened? It was just one of those things like I can't even believe I went through all of that from 15 to 18. I was in the group for three years. We started in 99. It ended in 2002. And it was it was pretty hurtful. It was really hard. I'm not going to lie, but. Everything happens for a reason, and, you know, I'm grateful for the way it happened because it only made me stronger. It only made me a better person, and now I look at how it it kind of them pushing me out of 3W pushed me to be an actress and to really pursue other areas of what I can do, so I learned my own strength. All right, count your blessings, honey. Uh-huh, absolutely. Are you still, uh, do you still talk to Adrian <coughs> or, or Keely, or is it like, you guys are just like, if you see each other, it's like, hey, and you keep no, moving. No, yeah, and I, I su- I've seen Adrian, like, you know, in passing to different, like, events where in some, we're not in the same circles, actually. Um, <laughs> but I may see her, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I'm not even going to say that. But, you know, it's it's cordial. I can be cordial and be pleasant because, I mean, I'm, I that was See, wow, I was like 15 and I just turned 30. Whoa. Uh, so many years ago. Right, right. Uh, and it's, it makes me just grateful. I've been in the business for, for 15 years. Um, but, I, you know, if I see any of them, it's cordial and cool. But, you know, we're not friends because it's just we're just grown in different directions. Right. Yeah. Where's Keely? Van- vanished. I have no idea. <laughs> you might be able to that. answer that question better <laughs> than I, I can. I trying to Google. I don't know what happened to this shit. I, <laughs> I well, hey. You know, I'm just happy I'm still here. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm just standing. I'm just, you know, so wish, wishing the best. Right. You know? Did you, when they, re- 
when they got another member, Jessica Benson, is that something that you knew, or did you think they were going to c- continue with just the two of them? Um, well, it was kind of tricky. Uh, when they, okay, so I came to rehearsal one day, and there was another brown skin girl. They were teaching my parts, and then they said that it was because. I needed an understudy. And I was like, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> right? <laughs> Am I going to fall out sick? Is something right. in my teeth? Yeah, why something would I need I understudy? Know, right. I know. Uh, so essentially, uh, I never really knew exactly what their plan was. I was kind of taking the blows as it was coming. Um, but, you know, uh, I, w- I was just like, oh, wow. You know, help build this. And there we are. But, you know, life happened. Right. And, you know, I continued so girl and it's all good yes and your career has bloomed blossomed thank and you. just thank you gone to new heights thank you thank you so much well speaking of opening new doors after 3lw yes. you went to broadway i did to be in the musical hairspray for three years you played little inez yes what was that transition like from being in a girl group to being on broadway um, being in a girl group to being on Broadway, vastly different mm-hmm. um because doing Broadway you're acting singing dancing all cohesively, simultaneously, (laughs) on a stage, you know, which, you know, you're doing live performances, so that part is similar, because you're always performing live, but I tell you, bro, it was the best experience of my life, I was just, like, the happiest, most, I was exploring all different parts of myself as an actress, as a singer, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it was different, because you're doing the same show eight times a week, it's a crazy schedule, you know, you have Mondays off, but you work from Tuesday through Sunday on Broadway, and it's hard work, and it challenges you. It keeps you fresh on your toes. Um, I think it was a good adjustment for me because I was working with a cast of, like, multiple people mm-hmm. as opposed to just dealing with my group members. I was dealing with, like, a cast of 20 other amazing actors that I could learn from and absorb. And Tevin Campbell played my big brother <laughs> in the show. Darlene Love was my mother. George Went was in the show. Like, I feel yeah. like I was having an experience of a lifetime just watching all these veterans and people that I had grew up respecting and sharing the stage with them. It was surreal. So I think that really shaped me and Mm -hmm. kind of catapulted my um, confidence into being, you know, an actress. So it changed my life. It really did. That's awesome. Wow. Well, you know what changed my life? What? 2009, you were uh, I already know. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you you did that thing. You know, kilt, uh, I believe, is what they use. Uh, and it was, it was great. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I, I know we, we've heard, you know, like rumors or people say that Lil' Kim didn't really, you know, think that you were the right person for the role. Initially, yeah. Right. I mean, so like, did, did you have any any thoughts with, with that when, um, when that came out? It was out? hard. When I first was doing the movie, when they cast it and I had heard, you know, just through the director that there was some drama with her and approval, I was like, really? Like, I was trying to reach out to her. I had called her management. I wanted to set up a you know, a meeting, ask right. questions, and just take it all in. And I was never able to do that. So, unfortunately, I was one of the characters that didn't get a chance to to speak to the real-life person mm-hmm. um, and have her guidance and support. It was hurtful. It made me feel like, you know, I think it had, you know, issues with my look, my complexion. It was all just reminiscent of my 3OW drama in mm-hmm. a way because some of that, you know, is real in this business. And it just made me feel like, wow, is this really – what we're doing um uh but i had to kind of once again just roll with the punches right. i had you know an executive producer p diddy who's very supportive a director george tillman jr who's very supportive casting directors you know uh, who supported me i had you know i had a really 
good group of people that so you know let me know that I was being authentic and that I was giving the role as as honestly as I could and you know after the movie though I feel like everyone was raving and it got like positive reviews especially yeah. my performance and I was really grateful that people liked it then it was like oh you know I heard from people like oh Kim's not mad at you it's just a story or she actually liked you and so right. it's it's all love I, I mean I hope um, I haven't had the pleasure to talk to her, but I think um, people like Notorious. I mean, they play in it. Yeah, you it's know, good... it's definitely it definitely was a great film, and I was proud of it. So. Did she just refuse to talk to you? Uh, I, I can't say what she refused to do. I just didn't. That didn't happen. Um, I made requests, right. and the results. Never I can right. never yeah, say down. like what she refused, <laughs> but I know that it was very much like. Oh, my look, my type. I, I don't know. I guess some people have a reflection of themselves because it's a movie so close to home mm-hmm. and it's so emotional and there's so much connection to it, especially if it's your life, that I guess it's hard to see, you know, a version of yourself that maybe you don't want to see or maybe right. you didn't like that part. Or right. I'm not really sure, but I know that it is challenging. But I was just like, I'm just a new actress. This is my first movie. Right. Right? <laughs> I didn't write it. I didn't produce it. I didn't create it. I'm right. just trying to be up in here and have a great performance. Right. <laughs> don't, you know, I was just hoping that I could get some, you know, some love. But it's 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 fine because after the fact, I got a lot of love from the fans and you know right. the whole team so at the end of the day as long as people enjoyed it I think I did my job yeah I, it's good yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and you you looked like Lil Kim I yeah. thought thank you in the, in I thought so too and I didn't even think I looked like her right. before I did the movie I was like oh my gosh how did I get this role <laughs> I really cannot I kid you not I never in a million years I grew up in Catholic school went to Seton Hall I was like a straight A student and here I was uh, with my legs spread and doing it all I, <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't <laughs> I know. Um, but I can't imagine myself that way because I didn't really feel like I looked like it. But it was almost like a transformation. Even when I watch the movie today, it's an outer body experience. Because uh-huh. I'm like, wow, I can't believe can't believe that's me. But I had a really amazing director. I have to give the credit to George Dillman. He brought the yeah, best out of me. Yeah. But now what did your parents think of, you know, cause you had a few nude scenes mm-hmm. and yeah. you had a few rapping scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what did your parents think, you know, when yeah, they saw the movie? Yeah, I told my parents beforehand, uh-huh. you know, they knew what the movie was about. And a lot of people grew up knowing how risque and, you know, the, the hardcoreness of Lil' Kim, you uh-huh. know, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's not a character that you can shy away from the sexuality, the mm-hmm. nudity, the sex. I mean, she'll walk around in pasties and it's like, hey, all day. Okay. So I let them know. Um, you know, my parents actually were surprisingly very supportive. Like once they, cause I had, it's funny. I showed my mom, I had her come, she came to LA and I went to Fox searchlight studio and I was like, okay, I'm going to show you the scene before the movie comes out. It was one of the, the nudity scenes I was a little nervous about. And you know, it's still a little awkward to this day. But, <laughs> no, it's um, not. no, it's not. It's not awkward for me. <laughs> I know everyone I know is not awkward. All my male friends. Yeah. Like, oh, it's all good. I'm like, oh. But um, but she was just like, you know, you should be proud of the acting that you did, the character that you embraced. And both of my parents were able to look beyond, you know, the nudity of it because they know that that's not Naturi up there on the screen. Like, this is not me acting this way. It's a right. character. And Lil' Kim, it, you got to be raw and you have to be real if you're going to play a character like Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going to play a serial killer or the Craigslist murderer and you want to, you know, downplay, sometimes you have to be as raw and as authentic and sometimes as gritty and sexy and, you know, out there as the character was in order to capture the reality, so... So, right, no. absolutely. <laughs> thank awesome. you, thank you, thank you. I did, I did want to ask you, you, you touched on, because it seems like it's it's been a, 
recurring thing, especially in this industry. You talked about your skin mm. and how it seems like there's been talk like your brown skinnedness mm-hmm. yeah and how maybe that's been an issue what has that taught you now that mm. you've been through a, some some things like that and what, what do you want to say to girls that might be going through the same thing yeah it's so important because i think uh being a brown-skinned woman and being in an industry that has sometimes a specific look whether it was a music business when i was in 3w or the acting business now um it's it can be um an issue where you get discouraged and start to look at yourself and why am I not this way or I wish my hair was this way or I wish, you know, my complexion was this way. And, you know, as a teenager, I went through all of that. I'm not going to lie. It was a moment of feeling like I wasn't, you know, the, the look of beauty or pretty. And I think a lot of young girls, when I go to schools and talk to young women, you know, of all complexions and just try to let them know what makes you unique is something that is beautiful, is something that you should embrace. You know, if you're dark skin, you're, you're gorgeous. If you're light skin, you're gorgeous. I think at the end of the day, especially for me, when I've been, you know, treated at times where it's like, mm, okay you you don't really get it I've now realized like oh my gosh like I love my skin I love the way I look I love my features I love my full lips and for all the young women out there who are questioning you know if your look is you know not good enough remember that you are made so beautifully so uniquely this you can just sit on the sun you're golden you got good you don't even have to tan honey I mean you just (laughs) you just got it like that and I think we should embrace all the beautiful hues of who we are especially as black women because we don't see sometimes enough reflection of ourselves as like the gorgeous sometimes we don't get to see that and as a young girl growing up it was a certain look in the videos that was always like the prevalent look and now I feel like hopefully that's evolving and changing and a girl that from East Orange and a brown skin girl look, who looks just like me can continue to do great things and feel beautiful. So I hope I hope it encourages other women. You better say that. I mean, you yes. know. You Thank know. you. You're just keeping it real. Right. You wear it yeah. well. I can say that. Thank you. you what am I wearing well? I'm not wearing well. She wears it well. You know, right. brown skin is in well. You know, what's well, that? Throw it out there. Just throw it out there. <laughs> do, what you, do what you do. So you, you went on to do some wonderful movies and TV shows you've done. Um, Denise in the movie Fame. Yes. You were Kendrick Lifetime's hit show, The Client List. You yes. were on the Playboy Club, Mad yeah, Men. You, you've just had a wonderful career so far. Thank you. And you've gotten to work with a lot of big name actors and actresses from Kelsey Grammer, Megan Mullally, mm-hmm. Debbie Allen, who yeah. else? Jennifer Love Hewitt, Loretta Devine. Yeah. Who, who is, has been very impactful to you on one of these shows and mm-hmm. what did they teach you? Mm. Oh, my goodness. I have. And I think about it. It's like, oh, my gosh. I was in a movie with Angela Bassett. My first movie, Angela Bassett played Valletta Wallace, Biggie's mother. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm on a, I'm on the set with I'm you know, someone like <laughs> I'm literally creating a movie with this woman that I remember watching What's Love Got to Do With It oh, and yes. being like oh. in awe, like praise Miss mm-hmm. Angela. Um, and I'm still inspired by her. But that was pretty amazing. And she was so warm. Loretta, too, is another one that I worked with a few times. And Jennifer Lewis, uh, uh, she's amazing. She's become, like, my auntie in my my head. And she really has embraced me. We did the Playboy Club. We also did Hairspray together. A lot of people don't know. Jennifer Lewis came in for about three months and played Motormouth Maybell in Hairspray. So we did the Playboy Club and all that. And then me and Loretta did Lottery Ticket and The Client List. I'm lucky. I mean, these are, like, women... I mean, look at, I was looking at, you know, Waiting to Exhale and different films and Leela Rashawn, who I got to the pleasure of recently working with um, in a movie 
a BET film called Let the Church Say Amen. So I'm really excited about that. That's upcoming uh, next year with Regina King directing. But I'm, I feel like oh, another one is Regina King, actually. She's become like another auntie, sister in my head. Um, so I'm really lucky. Many of the women that have been in the business for a long time, they've really embraced me as the young and upcoming generation of actors and actresses. And I feel really blessed um, to have people like Jennifer Lewis, like Loretta, like uh, Angela Bassett, um, you know, and like Re- Regina King. Um, and I'm, I'm just really lucky because who, who would imagine that this would be my career and I'm, you know, still at the beginning of it, you know? So. Well, speaking of Regina King and yes. Let the Church Say Amen, she directed it. And you she did. It was really, her directorial debut. Right. And you worked really closely with her. What were some of the nuggets of advice that she gave you? Uh just constant wisdom. That woman is amazing. Some of the nuggets of wisdom, because she's been an actress and she's now, you know, a director and she did such an amazing job on Let the Church Say Amen. I think um, one of the things she would just tell me is just just be you, honey. She's like, don't let anybody change or try to make you feel like this face she would always tell me, like, I want to see your face. I mm-hmm. love your features. I love the way, you know, you look. And not too many people have, like, always said that to mm-hmm. me. And, you know, we touched on it earlier. But Regina specifically wanted me to really understand the value of my unique look and my face and my skin and also uh, the talent that she felt that I had. I have never, you know, felt so warmly welcomed by, you know, uh, someone, you know, in, as a female director. Mm-hmm. She was just a pleasure. And another thing she she taught me to trust, trust, trust your instincts, you know. In some of the scenes in Let the Church, you know, I'm such an analyzer and I'm a perfectionist. I get in my head. She'd be like, just... Let it go. She was like, right. you got this. Just do yo. Just do yo. <laughs> you know. And she's just so real that she makes me feel like I can do anything. Yeah. I can accomplish the world. Because she really does give you that sense of encouragement. So I'm really lucky uh, that I had the pleasure of working with her as a director because she really made me a better actress. That's great. Yeah. Yes. It's, good. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool, actually. Thank so let's you. talk about what you got popping now. Yes. On Stars Powered. Brand new show. Yes. Right? Sunday, uh, Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Yes. And so you play uh, Tasha, Tasha St. Patrick. Tasha St. Patrick. So yes. tell us about the audition process. Okay. This role. Yeah. All my audition processes are challenging and long and hard. <laughs> People will be like, oh, girl, you're always working. You get through roles so easy. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> It is never easy, actually. That's how you I know mean, you're a great actress. Right, I mean, right. but whew, I can't wait for the day for it to be a little bit easier. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's actually, it keeps me fresh. It keeps me on my toes. But let me tell you, Power, uh, when I read the script, my agent sent me this, you know, awesome script. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're going in for this role. Tasha, you know, we think you're really right for it. I read it. I was like, oh, my goodness, who wrote this? And they were like, you know, she's an alum from The Good Wife, one of the writers on The Good Wife, and the producer is 50 Cent, and, you know, they've got a great cast coming together. And I was so excited, so excited that my first audition, I was a nervous wreck. Let me tell you, it was probably one of my top worst auditions, uh, which is really funny because I'm sitting here and I actually got cast. (laughs) Um, But, you know, as actors, we always have a story and you just never know how something comes to be. Um, I went in for Vicki Thomas, the casting director, an amazing casting director in Hollywood that I love and also a black woman. Um, And uh, Courtney Kemp Agbo, our showrunner and writer, creator, amazing African-American woman that I think is so talented. And then one of the producers, David Noller. So I go in and I'm prepared. I have three scenes. I'm like, yeah, I'm rocket. And uh, my phone goes off in the audition. (laughs) Now, I never leave my ringer on, but this particular day, I just decided to forget. 
when it was kind of hugely important. Uh, and it was Leela Rashawn calling me to this day. I'm like, Leela Rashawn, you almost got me fired. You almost made me mess up the audition. <laughs> but she called me during the audition. I dropped my paper and my sides fell, like, completely fell off because I had like 10 pages. And then they all got out of order. Oh, my God. And then I had like props where my prop was, my phone was messing up because my, my ring, it actually rang on my ear while I was on the scene. <laughs> it, was, it was like, I'm not even exaggerating. This was like the worst but the good thing was i i had the material i think i embodied the essence of the character fortunately the intention was there and that's really what matters um i got i had to wait for two months i got a call back two months yeah it was a long process girl because woo, they were like oh she's too young you know and amari is 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 a little more mature than i could i look like his wife and it was part of the challenge so we had to just you know send them all kinds of material and you know, the real and just be like, she can do this role. She can do this role. And it took two months. They looked for other people for two months and wow. then came back to me after two months and said, we want to test you. And um, I went in for the first test. There was two tests. And then the final test, a chemistry test with Omari and Anthony Hemingway, who directed our first two episodes. Amazing. Um, so I just went in and, you know, tested and, and I got the role. But it wasn't an easy journey. But it was worth it. It, yeah. was, it was one that I wanted to fight for. Quite the experience. Yeah. <laughs> Empower is such a good show. Who, it you know, is. And, I, and really... I saw some clips. Did I'm so you? excited to see this show. Oh, if, yes. Tomorrow. I'm so yes. excited for you to see it. And more importantly, I'm excited to see Omari Hardwick and you. I know. Together. Everybody, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's really excited yes. about that. We we actually are featured in the Essence this month, the July issue of Essence, and it's called The Power Couple, and there's a great photo and article. It's so funny because we're friends, and we were friends beforehand. You know, we're not a couple. We're just friends. Um, and, uh, you know, he's married. He's a beautiful wife and, you know, all that. And I am just like, wow, I get to work with a friend of mine who all my girlfriends are jealous of me. Absolutely. They're like, oh, my gosh, you get to play Amari Hardwick's wife. I mean, he's a handsome man. He's a pleasure. He's a good actor. And at the end of the day, you know, I think we have really honest and good chemistry. So in the scenes in power, you'll see in the show, we are really, um, I think, a real live, you know, couple that seems to be powerful and sexy. We have our ups. We have our downs. But I think at the end of the day, people will ride for, for us. It's so hard kissing Omari Hardwick. <laughs> <I know. laughs> By the way, is he a good kisser? Uh, I, I mean, how do I? I mean, of course. <laughs> just say, just say yes. Yes. I don't want to seem like I'm like over here fantasizing. It's not like that. <laughs> right, right. But Awkward. if I had to judge my friend, I'd be like, you are in the top five of my kissing. No, yeah, top three, actually. Uh, no, actually, he's, let's move that let's up. Let's just go ahead and move that up. No, he's a great kisser and a real pleasure and truly a class act, though. Like, you know, we have a very steamy scenes in the show and it's a sexual, we have a very strong, um, you know, connection as husband and wife. We love each other. Uh, uh, and when you see the journey of these characters, it's going to be some, some moments where that love will be tested. Um, but I think Power does a great job of showing, you know, how this is just real life in, in New York City. The elements of the show are authentic. It's gritty. You know, it's definitely not, you know, uh, a network. You know, it's not glitzy and glamorous and pretty all the time. There's going to be some dark sides to it. But I think if people enjoy authenticity, they'll like it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Excited. And I so, am too. Thank you. 50 Cent, yes. you know, because he's also on screen, but he also mm-hmm. pr- produces this yes, as he well. Yes, he is the executive producer. Absolutely. So, what is it like working with Curtis? Uh, Curtis 50 Cent <laughs> Jackson. It's really good working with 
Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I call him 50, but um, he's super cool. I, I had never, you know, really worked with him. I met him, like, once way back in the day. But I really, really am happy just to have a, a producer. And he's acting in the show, but he's more, you know, producer. But he has, a, I think, three episodes this, this season. But he was so down to earth. He'd come to our table reads and watch us and encourage us and listen and give, you know, give you pointers like, yeah, man, you know, about his journey being in New York City, coming up in the streets. Mm. And a lot of the story may have been inspired by some of his life experiences, although it's not uh, biographical in any way. It's just inspired by his journey and how... Having him around, he would come to set, you know, DJ Envy, all the New York people would come and vibe with us and have a good time. And 50 was like, you know, very encouraging to me from the beginning. I remember the first episode, he's like, I thought you was taller when I saw you on the screen. I thought you were taller. And I was like, I was like, you know, I'm only five feet. He's like, nah, but I mean, on screen, you just seem you have such great presence. And he told me that he knows I'm short, but felt like I was six feet tall. And I was like, wow, uh-huh. what a compliment. So he was saying your presence and your energy. And that was our first discussion. And he just made me feel really safe in, in the environment of power. So it was really awesome working with him. Did you talk about the pitch? Everybody's <laughs> asking me this. This just you've well, seen it. You've I've seen, seen it. Seen the pitch. You've seen it. I've seen the pitch. You, you call him, be like, come on, bro. Oh, gosh. I am not calling my boss and be like, what happened there? Then all of a sudden, it turned out to be killed off of power. Right. Uh, no, but I think I mean he's cool. He can make fun of himself and probably laugh at it now. I mean, I, who knew it was gonna make such big news? Right. <laughs> they were like, I How mean, could it not? I, I know, but it, you know, it, it's it's funny. <laughs> because I'm just like, hey, good thing you got other talent. <laughs> He's a great executive producer, and a great, you know, great artist, great m- businessman, mogul. Uh, just, you know, maybe that's just not, you know. Not you know, your thing. Not his thing. But, <laughs> but it was very funny. Right. Very funny. Right. <laughs> well, we're very excited to see Power. Yeah, we're really excited I'm for excited. you. It looks mm-hmm. like you have another hit on your hands. So. I am very anxious. I can't wait for the fans to, to just tune in and enjoy the show. It's a really special one. Well, we'll be there. Yeah. Uh, if do you have anything in the works that you want to? Um, well, hopefully, if Power uh, does well, we'll be back in New York City for another season, God willing. I'm putting it out there. Um, just give me good energy, people. Yes. Um, and you know, and let the church say Amen, which will be coming out the BET film that I mentioned earlier, uh, directed by Regina King. That'll be coming out um, sometime next year in 2015 on BET. But right now, Power is. Is got my it has my heart it really does it's a really special awesome. one so tune in Saturday night 9 p.m. and every Saturday on Stars oh we will yes. and yes. congratulations good luck on everything you're you so talented so thank you I appreciate we're, you guys we're rooting for you yes I really appreciate that and you you I gotta watch you <laughs> you're rooting for me but you're doing a lot <laughs> I'm watching this one you gotta get a DM He's doing I, I, I like, so about I gotta that, do it for the fellas about that no no I'm just joking thank you guys for taking the time and I'm, I really had fun. This was really great. Oh, great. Thank you for joining us. Tell us where we could find you on Yeah, Twitter. hit me up on Twitter at Naturi Naughton which is just my name, no spaces, N-A-T-U-R-I-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N um, so at Naturi Naughton and also um, on Instagram at Naturi for real N-A-T-U-R-I the number four and then real. Hit me up. Great. All right. Where can we find you guys? As always, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Meg Scoop like scoop of ice cream. Find me mm-hmm. all over the internet at the Nick Purdue. And you can find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. Thank you for joining us, guys. Until next time. Mm-hmm.
from producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.